0: You should make sure the audio sounds good. Nick, I want you to make sure if we are doing something that is an audio medium, I want to make sure that my voice sounds so fucking crisp that everybody either gets erections or if that's not a thing they can do, um, is just happy because, because you shouldn't tie happiness to sex. It's really toxic. I hope that someone clicked this button on their podcast feed and they smile and they're smiling right now.
1: You know why they because our voice is so clear. You know why they're not smiling. Why our voice sounds clear now, but then when I run it through Audacity, I compress it down using 112. Uh, what is it megahertz? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh So it's not ideal because 128 is that sweet spot. Oh
0: no no. 128 is a, is a fine export. 128 mono is is I, what podcast. I, I go do to.
1: 112 mono to save us bandwidth.
0: I'm sure that's fine. Honestly, I've listened to podcasts at 56. It's really hard to tell the difference sometimes unless you're like, my audio. Uh, uh, uh." Hopefully that's not you because otherwise Nick's joining it for you. Hey now, everybody. Welcome to Garbage Game Club. We are back with another episode, obviously. And you know that the game is Snake Pass because you saw the title of the episode. So hopefully you did your homework because this game, this game, this game, Snake Pass is different. It's a game. It's a game that we've seen before kind of. It's it's a platformer. And you think platformer you think like Mario or you look at the way the menus look and you might think Rayman or you see the way that the characters act and sound you might think like like Banjo or Rare. So what why would we pick this random-ass game that almost no one else has been talking about before. I mean, it's gotten, it's gotten some coverage. You know, it's, it's a little bit older, but it was never like a, like a Slay the Spire or a Hollow Knight or something that like reached that level of, of, of cult status. And that's because I still think that part of this show for us is playing games that are in some way interesting.
1: Yes, and I think Snake Pass, is interesting
0: i think snake pass is super interesting and i feel like sometimes the word interesting is a scapegoat for not good and i don't think that's the case here i don't think snake pass is a bad game or a not good game but it is an interesting game and that's what makes it fun to do a garbage game club on because if we weren't kind of forcing ourselves to play games that we otherwise would have skipped over then we wouldn't you know like like we we find things on these podcasts that are that are good that are hidden gems or, or popular things that we might not have played like like slay the spire i wasn't really playing too too much before the podcast and then i discovered something that i loved um Hollow Knight, is kind of the same thing. Snake Pass, again, not something that is the best game ever, but something that has a nugget of coolness to it. And being able to share something that's either like a cool mechanic or something that is cool for games as a medium, I think is worthwhile. So... Nick, why are we are am I, sorry, doing all of this talk about why Snake Pass is interesting or cool or different or why it's why it's worth doing an episode on.
1: That's because I'm gonna say Snake Pass is a hidden gem. A hidden gem? It is a diamond in the rough. It is I did not think. That, you know, we're living in an era where there's people making, you know, all sorts of genre bending things that are redefining how we think about certain types of games. And one thing that I thought was safe from innovation, safe in that we've gotten complacent in its simplicity, is the platforming genre. How so? When you think platformers, what do you think of? Mario, th- right? You think Mario. You think your banjos. You think- Donkey Kong. You think something with basic progression, if that. Uh, Usually, all of your abilities, quote-unquote, are available from the get-go, and it really is just you versus your ability to navigate in an environment. And for the most part, that's what Snake Pass is. But what Snake Pass does differently is that they dare to redefine movement in a video game in a way that you don't often see. Because in Snake Pass, you play the titular snake, and you have to pass each level. Uh, But one of the things that actually really stood out to me about Snake Pass from the get-go, like, I had listened to a bunch of podcasts that really hyped it up back in the day. This released, like, in 2017.
0: Really? So, like... I, I didn't come to you with this game and you're like, what the fuck is that? You're like, oh, I've heard about that yeah. because, like, what, Giant Bomb talked about it or something?
1: Yeah, a, a couple different outlets that I that I really listen to uh, on the regular that I really value their opinion. They had talked about it, and it was just one of those games that I'm like, oh, I'll play that one day. I'll play that one day. I'll play that one day. And then Garbage Game Club became my reason to finally play through this game. And I'm so glad I did because it really did open up my eyes to this level of charm that i haven't seen in a platforming game probably since mario odyssey like in a way that's just it's just so genuinely wholesome and cute um i played a little bit of ukulele um whereas like it's a different vibe ukulele it feels like it's going
0: for are you talking about impossible layer ukulele proper
1: ukulele proper ah okay ukulele proper and this really does feel like golden era, rare style character design slash uh, atmosphere. Everything's so joyous. Everything's so bouncy. and The fun. colors. It's Vibrant. It, yeah. it feels
0: very much inspired by a rare game. Uh, you can tell that by, by some of these hallmarks, like, like the bright colors, uh, like the tones of the music, like the big eyes. I will say real quickly about the music, something that I don't need to harp on for a long time, but I don't think it's that great.
1: I-, I thought it was fine, but I ended up lowering it and listening to a podcast while I played.
0: Yeah, I don't think that, like, if Snake Pass would have been, like, composed by Grant Kirkhope and something that I couldn't have turned off, that yeah. would have made it that much better. But, like, this game isn't perfect, and it has flaws like that. Like, maybe they didn't have the best music composer. Maybe there's, it's still a little rough around the edges, and you can kind of, like, glitch around a little bit. Maybe there's, like, a lot of reused assets. Like, it, it's, it's, uh, this
1: is a B game, I think, right? Yeah, I would say so. I, I think it's a solid effort, and I think it's a, a good realization of what this game could be, but it is not the best realization of what this game could be. And I think that best realization of the game comes with the sequel, if we ever get a sequel to it. Because I think they've laid down the groundwork for something that on a fundamental level works very well.
0: And what is that thing? Because you know, we're talking about platformers, we're talking about this being different, we're talking about this being like a like a like a gem. And not and subverting normal platform mechanics, but you still said yourself that you are a character, you play a snake, whose name is Noodle, which is very fun by the way. Um It's
1: no trouser from ukulele.
0: That's a very different type of joke. <laughs> um
1: But but I think that is a striking difference between something like Platonic and um, what the team at Sumo Digital is doing. It feels so wholesome in that regard. This, whereas the thing you might have seen in Ukulele feels a little more tongue in cheek slightly dirty but not really it's it's all for fun
0: but it's a little bit more adult humor where snake pass like doesn't even want to touch that
1: yeah because at at its core all it wants to touch is your hands on a controller navigating the slippery boy noodle uh because noodle plays unlike any platforming hero i think we've ever controlled
0: because mario jumps and banjo jumps and Fuck, I forgot more platformers. They all jump. They all jump, and thing that a snake can't do... Is, is jump, it doesn't have legs. There's no legs there. So you're actually wiggling... You're controlling the snake with snake-like movement and your snake-like body. So that means that if you want to move forward, you're wiggling back and forth like a snake in the grass.
1: You have to kind of build momentum by controlling your body and moving from left to right on the analog stick to kind of build a, a snake-like flow that will help you navigate the environment. You do have the ability to lift your head by pressing whatever the equivalent of the A button is on your controller, and you have the ability to grip things tightly, or you can, uh, what does R do again? like it does something that i can't think about right
0: now like raise your tail oh yeah
1: it it raises yeah you can also have like your bird friend your your kazooie if you will pick up your tail and help like lift it up because he's a bird so he's a small bird he can't lift up all of your body weight but he can lift up your hind tail end and that kind of helps you in certain situations
0: yeah so really you're controlling the head of the snake and the direction and then you you gotta think about like you have a head which you which you can move in any direction and then you have like like a move forward button and the move forward button like doesn't really do anything if you're not moving the head back and forth because you have to build momentum Mm -hmm. or if you want to climb you gotta start to wrap your head around a pole or a brick or a wall and then you know as you start climbing and moving you're using your body to hold on to ledges like a like a snake would actually climb something you want to use a cross brace you want to you can't climb completely vertically you yeah, have to you like climb spiral around stuff but even then you can't really climb completely vertically you have to grip and when you grip you can't really go forward anymore so you have to find a balance between gripping the thing you're on versus having enough momentum to move forward to go from like stick to stick or platform to platform and the the movement feel so when you play a mario game and there's a reason why it's a mario game and there's a reason why it's why it's fucking mario you kind of get the controls or you're taught the controls in a very eloquent quick way because there's not many of them
1: you understand the physics of the world very quickly and those f- physics are consistent snake
0: pass is does you don't get that because it is a little bit more advanced like you might spend the first two or three minutes just like figuring out how to move right and even once you figure out how to move right you haven't figured out how to move best it's not like you're playing Mario and you just press left or right and jump or
1: run you're learning to walk for the first time Your first level playing this game will feel slow. You will feel sluggish because, again, you've been conditioned all your life that platformers are fast, they're all about being twitchy and making the right time jumps and all that. But no, Snake Snake Pass asks a little more of a buy-in. But when you do, I think you're presented with something that's truly fun. I think that the, the best thing that Snake Pass does is introduce concepts to you all centered around your movement, all centered around how you can bend your body in order to succeed. Uh, whether it be navigating up a, a, a sheer face of a cliff, whether it be climbing up a series of like uh, disconnected windmill parts, yeah, disconnected windmill parts, or whether it be trying to figure out how to pull a lever. As a snake, like which I think, is so
0: much fun. You have to like wrap yourself around it, then grab it, then move a little bit. But if you grab it too far in your body, you realize you can't
1: move. You have to think practically, which is fun. It feels like a physics problem combined with a geometry problem. It, it feels like you're applying real-world mechanics to something that you would ostensibly, like in theory, come across if you were a snake in the real world.
0: How often, if you're a game and you want to push a lever, you walk up to it and press a button? Oh yeah, almost uh, always, always, right? But here it's like, oh, there's a lever. There isn't a press lever button. There's a, oh, I have to get on top of it. And I have to use my body weight to push it
1: down because I'm a snake. Everything is more deliberate in Snake Pass. And I think it's that deliberation that brings about this more satisfying sense of accomplishment because everything feels like it's calculated in a way that a Mario wouldn't be to some extent where it feels like you have to work for your goal a lot more. Yeah. Um, and I think it rewards you for experimenting too, because just because there's a path that the developers laid out before you doesn't mean it's the only way to your objective. One of my favorite things to do is once I figured out what I could do with Noodle, was try and get to an objective in a way that the developers probably didn't expect me to. Yeah. Which was fun
0: you can... Snake Pass definitely, and I don't know if this is intentionally or not intentionally, it feels to me like the map was designed with specific movement in mind and they didn't take the time to go back and balance it so that you couldn't sequence break because yeah. there's because the snake because noodle is so versatile you can do some i mean it's not really sequence breaking because you're in a, in a level but like you can get to things in unintentional ways whether it be like building up momentum and like taking big old snake jumps or yeah using the tail lift at the right time or maybe climbing on a ledge that you weren't necessarily supposed to be able to climb on there's there's a lot of room for your own ingenuity which is both A benefit and a little bit of a detriment because, you know, sometimes you can get frustrated just trying to do things that maybe you weren't supposed to do in the first place because it might not be clear. The game has good signposting, but, like, it's not perfect.
1: Yeah, I think I did find myself – that was one of my complaints is that the levels don't really feel – They don't have the elegance of layout or design the way a traditional like Mario or a banjo is, where everything feels like okay, I am going to hit this, 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 and that. Whereas this, I feel like I had to like, oh, I, I don't think I was supposed to go this way. I am going to turn around and go the other way because I think, oh, okay, now I see it. I have to go up this hill, and this hill leads to this little drop off. That's right. Okay, cool. Now I know where to go. And because the game's a little bit slower, those kinds of mix-ups often and lead to um, longer sessions for for each level. Um, but how do you succeed in a level of Snake Pass?
0: So when you're playing a level of Snake Pass, they have, um, the, the main goal is to collect three different orbs, basically. Like a level's pretty open, there's three things you have to collect and that opens the exit. Uh, you don't have to collect them in order, you can collect them in whatever order you want. Uh, and one you're exploring throughout to get to get the, the three main objectives is a bunch of smaller collectibles that you can get to like get better grades or completion percentage on a level. So if you want to play Snake Pass and you love it so much that you want to go through and collect like all the little mini orbs, all, all the unnecessary items, the bonus items, that's there for you, which is a fun way to extend the game's life. When I was playing Snake Pass, I started the first couple of levels in a completionist sense. Yeah. And then even though I really enjoyed the game, I didn't feel a need to get everything. When I played Mario Odyssey, I 100% of that game. I got every single moon. When I played Snake Pass, um, I I beat every level yeah but i didn't feel the need to collect all the items to go out of my way to do the things that were very hard so i didn't completely master the movement because to get everything the game has to offer you get really good at controlling noodle you get really good at
1: controlling the game um you do some complicated movement because i was in a similar boat where i i would be a completionist for probably my first three or four maps and then after that I was like, okay, I'm just gonna get the, the three keys that help me uh, move on to the next level. And every now and then I saw a coin that I'm like, that one looks like it's a challenge and I, I want to try and get it. And so you do kind of do these crazy maneuvers where you kind of tight rope balance, your way across a tiny little tube hanging over nothing and you have to wrap yourself around a pole and let most of your body dangle and you kind of have to swing your body to to collect it with the momentum of your tail swing and then once you collect it you have to find a way to get back to safety and then find a checkpoint before you die which is which is fun so i appreciated that if you want to be pushed to what the game can showcase You have that option. Otherwise, you can just try and mainline the game and beat it. The game isn't that long. I probably played it in, like,
0: four to five sittings Mm -hmm. of not that much playtime each because... uh, I think it's like they're like broken up into three different worlds. They each have like maybe like 10-ish levels or something. There's
1: about four worlds, and each one has three to five levels. Um, there's 15 total maps that you can play on. Is there? Yeah. 15. Oh, I thought that there was more than. No, uh, only 15, which I was like, oh, that seems like a small number. And I was just – I kept expecting uh, – I, I guess this is where the game falls in a little bit of a rut for me because every time the game introduced something new, I was excited. Like the idea of being able to swim underwater – I normally don't like that in platformer games but it feels good in snake Pass. it feels different yeah, right I, I really like it I, I like that it's smooth if you actually move faster when you're underwater than you do on ground which is a nice change of pace uh whereas most games you move much slower and that's often one of the most uh frustrating aspects of underwater gameplay um but i kept expecting enemies i kept expecting Obstacles in the way of things that I have to outsmart or beat. And I thought I was going to get that in the final set of worlds because uh, pretty, like, I think at the end of the third world, you get a glimpse of, like, this... This villain watching you after you uh, rescue another spirit from its Yeah,
0: break. I skipped through, like, all of the story beats because I'm like, eh. There's
1: not really any. Yeah,
0: like, I'm not... Th- there really aren't many, but I'm like, I'm not playing for this. I'm playing because I like the
1: way it feels to control the snake. So I just kept expecting, like, oh, this is where these entities are going to come out. I'm going to have to avoid them because they're going to have, like, set patterns. But that never happened, which is fine. Like, as I'm not going to fault the game for that. But I just... I love that it introduced so many new mechanics early on that I found myself missing it when I neared the end of the game because at the end of the game, it really is just like the ability to float across chasms and like, I would say it's not really particularly fun because it's just, you show up at a bus stop, you press a button and your bird friend transports you across a jump you couldn't normally make and then you continue on, which is fine, but where I, I think if this is a good realization of what Snake Pass is, I think the best realization of Snake Pass is something that turns those mechanics and makes them something you have to apply more readily. I want to have to make giant leaps that a snake shouldn't be making. I want to outsmart enemies. I want to have a thing where... In order to beat an enemy, I have to constrict it, and then I can eat it or something like that. That's not very that That's what snakes do. They they suffocate things. They break their bones, suffocate them, and eat them. Again, it doesn't have to be as gruesome as that, but I think that there's something
0: there. Yeah, I think there is something there. I uh, – snake pass is like not perfect – but what it lacks in like being perfect, it makes up for in being memorable. I feel like if if you told me to to think of fun games I've played on the Switch, I mean, you're like, yeah, Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, Hollow Knight, Slay the Spire, Snake Pass. Like it's it's something that really punches above its weight in terms of staying power in your brain because it feels different. And I wonder if part of that is because we're so used to a regular platformer that something that feels this unique is so novel mm. that like we, we we feel... You enjoy it more. We, we enjoy it more because we don't get stuff like that. But the game feels memorable. The game feels super memorable. And not because it has a cool story or awesome artwork. It's just... It was different. I feel like I would 100% recommend someone who I know like likes games and wants something silly to play on a plane, or they like games enough to want to experiment with indie games that aren't just you know AAA titles. I'd be like, have you heard of Snake Pass? It feels it feels like a pocket pick. Yeah. It feels it feels like something you can pull out and be cool.
1: Yeah. It's it's a cheap buy-in. I think it's everyone starts out on the same playing field because no one's controlled the game like this before, mm-hmm. so learning the controls feels like everyone's on the same uh, level. Um, I just hope that the, the, the end of the game does set up a potential sequel where you go to this bird's home to fix the land yet again, but what I really really want to see in a Snake Pass sequel is all the general trappings of a Mario or a Banjo game. Give me an ice level in snake pass give me a fire lava level there's a little bit of that in snake pass but give me fireballs i have to dodge give me giant chasms i have to scale give me a giant cliff to scale give me enemies give me more green pipes give me green pipes i would love nothing more than to navigate a gigantic sheer cliff Using a series of tubes while something is at the top throwing rocks at me, like give me that. That sounds so much fun with the control scheme of Snake Pass.
0: If if they told me tomorrow that like, hey dude, did you hear that they're gonna make a that they're finally gonna make Snake Pass 2 is coming out at the end of the year, it would instantly be towards the top of my 2020 games list and not because it's going to be better than than cyberpunk or or the last of us or anything like that because it's not going to be better than that but it's also not that yeah it's a different type of it's a different type of joy that being said it's also not like i'm craving that when i finished playing banjo 2e I wanted banjo 3 yeah. right i didn't finish playing snake pass and want snake pass 2 but if it happens if it comes across that'll be a cool happy day that i'll be excited about
1: yeah completely agree and i think it's uh i think sumo digital's uh to be on the lookout for i think they're making good stuff over there.
0: What? I don't know if we missed anything. Snake Pass Snake Pass falls in the pitfall of, um, you know, we don't have a narrative to talk about. Yeah. The game's mostly based around a uh, mechanic. There isn't a ton of extra stuff, which generally lends itself to a shorter episode, which obviously is fine. Um, I, I don't think that's necessarily inherently a bad thing. I was just wanting to make sure we don't
1: uh, think of anything else. Yeah, just after the fact. Um I, I think, uh, unlike other platformers, since there is no story, and I'm not saying Mario has a riveting story or anything, but the one thing that Snake Pass da- lacks is, I think, memorable character design. Um, Outside of Noodle. Well, even Noodle, like his what? name helps a lot. I think. Is he red?
0: He's orange. He, he's he's a he's a he's a corn snake.
1: What's the bird's name that helps him? I have no idea. And I think that's a problem. You know, like I think having a memorable mascot is key to something like this, having long legs, even though snakes don't have legs.
0: I understood the joke you're going for. It's a good job, dude.
1: (laughs) Um, Um, So I think that is an inherent flaw because... There's really nothing else that sticks out to me about the game other than like it's colorful environment. It's, it's tropical theme. It's novelty. Like even it's like weird spirit entities that you say, I'm like, what is this thing? Is it like a stone face? I, I don't, I don't really know, <laughs> yeah. but it was no like mumbo in banjo, Yeah. You know, it, it, it didn't stick out to me like that. So that would be my one criticism regarding how it used platform, because I think platformers do live and die on their mascots. It's the reason why we had the mascot wars of Crash versus Mario versus Spyro versus... Was Croc ever in consideration? Sonic. Oh yeah, Sonic.
0: They had a movie, man. Yeah, dude. Another than a long line of Jim Carrey talking to animals. Yeah, man. My favorite type of movie.
1: Hey, you haven't watched a Jim Carrey movie, have you? I
0: think I actually have seen um, Pet Detective.
1: Yeah. That's very funny to
0: me. I was like a child. That's very funny. I don't think I thought it was funny. <laughs> As a child, who are supposed to think those things are funny.
1: Very true. Although, I would argue Ace Ventura skews a, a little more adult.
0: Probably. That's not the topic we're on, though. We're talking about Snake Pass, which I guess is also snake and animal related. You know what? I'm going to try and segue out. Um, hey, Nick. We need to give people homework again. How do you think people do their homework still? I hope you do your homework. I hope that we're still encouraging you to try new things. Yeah,
1: you gotta you gotta do your homework. We give you enough time. To,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with the fast one.
1: Hit me with the fast one. I'm gonna
0: hit you with the fast one. Um, next game they're playing for garbage game club is one that I'm a little embarrassed about because uh, let's just say that I've uh, I've kind of hid the fact that I've never played it until now and in the spirit of the show it's a good time to do that and um, the next game is going to be <clears throat> Hotline Miami
1: I'm very surprised because you are a hardcore PC gamer who loves his hard games
0: yeah, nope. It's it's true. I don't I don't know how this has eluded me. I feel like I don't think I've ever lied about playing games before, but I'm almost certain I've been like, yeah, I've played Hotline Miami. Yeah. When I'm like, no, I haven't played Hotline Miami, and I don't know why. Maybe next episode we can we can break into some of that psychology. It might be interesting. Uh, but but in in the spirit of Garbage Game Club, truly, we're gonna go into the Rolodex for a classic, and we're gonna do the next
1: episode on Hotline Miami. All right, you heard it here. Before. One of Nick's favorite games. It's it's pretty up there. It's a game that I think is very smart. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. That's all I'm saying. You already spoiled me saying it's a game I
0: like. I mean, I, think, I, 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 think that's, I, I don't think that's a spoil. I think that's a tease. Yeah,
1: but uh, I'm very excited to talk to you about it because it is going to get weird. So until then, play Hotline Miami. It'll take you like four hours.
0: Um, yeah, or you have already played it a long time ago, and you're like, oh, that's easy. I don't have to do homework, so
1: congratulations. There you go. So until next time, do your homework. Also consider backing us over on patreon.com slash cybergarbage. Not only will you get early access to this podcast in audio and video form, but you'll also get access to our movie version of this same podcast called Joey Hates Movies, where Joey, me, and a woman named Coral sit down and talk all things movies. And I just, I love the way Coral talks about movies and you probably do too. And if you don't, you will. So consider backing us at the $5 tier over on patreon.com slash cyber You can see
0: the video version if you do that. And right now you get live access to me flexing. And you might be like, wow, Joey has
1: big arms. So there's that otherwise you can back us and earn i'm sorry that you can download us on all of your favorite podcast services but one thing that we should like really i feel like we got to really start promoting leave us some reviews leave us leave us five star reviews don't give us anything less than five stars i'm gonna i'm gonna be uh, i'm saying stuff i shouldn't be i feel like i'm not supposed to say that's that violating terms of. you're fine things? Um, but yeah consider give, giving us a little love on the comments it's free baby it's free and you'll help surface this to other people we can sucker into I mean convincing to give us money on patreon.com slash so do that also share it with all your friends and also I'm pretty sure very soon I'm gonna release like the first 10 episodes of this and Joey Hates movies for free yeah I think it's time We've when Nick gets a free weekend which will not probably be you know we have enough, next weekend we have enough episodes we do So, until next time, Hotline Miami.